Well, good morning. For those of you who made it past the change of time, I give God thanks. Allow me the privilege to greet you before I begin to preach. Um, if I need these to read, but I can't see you if I have them on. You, this, it's, it's a part of my aging thing. So, And I'm good with aging, by the way, because the options are limited. Um, but I, I do want to say how pleased I am to be here um, and to share with you. I want to say a little bit about my being here. I am not Presbyterian, but when I was at Austin Presbyterian Seminary, I was Presbyterian by proxy. My, um, my uh, theology professor, Dr. Heyer, um, promised me that I was actually a closet Presbyterian, but I was not in spite of all of his, his, his trying to make me be one. But because I am ecumenical, I have a deep love for the Presbyterian Church and several friends, so I feel very much at home. So thank you all for having me to be with you. So God be with you. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our God, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever been at a family gathering and the stories start? You know, there's always the repeat stories that get told at every family gathering. And usually there's that one person, at least in my family there's two, but there's that one person that everybody has a story about. You recognize what I'm talking about. And then there starts this kind of, I can top that ism in the room. Where you start telling the story about the uncle, the aunt, the cousin, whoever, the brother, who strays a little further from the nest than most of us. And one person tells a story, and then someone says, oh, I can top that. Remember the time she, and then the story flows. We are shaped by those kinds of stories. It is story, family story, that shapes us. It's the story of our lives that help us remember who we are and from where we have come. In my family, growing up as I did in the Deep South, in Alabama, Central Alabama, there was a saying, so I don't know if it's a saying in the Midwest, but in the saying, my mother would often say to us, you better remember who your people are. Anybody ever heard that phrase? You better remember, and, and sometimes she would say, you better remember your name is. And then she'd tell you your name as if you literally was going to forget walking out of the door. Her point, of course, was that identity matters and that when you go out, you bear the name of more than yourself. You represent a whole group of people. You are telling a story every time you step outside of this house was essentially what she was trying to say. But we went to those family reunions, and we were always aware that some people were telling different stories than the ones that we were allowed to tell. There's always the wild one in the group. And if we tell the whole truth, when we were younger, we were envious of them their boldness, their wildness, their ability to break the chain of the family story. 
but we learn to incorporate their story into ours. In fact, their stories became our story. Even as we were wink, wink, nod, nodding, saying, don't become them, we were envious of them and also kind of glad for them, for the way that they helped take us beyond the boundaries that we had come to know. Now, I'm an Old Testament professor, so I always preach the Old Testament text, which is why I'm talking about Deuteronomy 26. It is the story of the people of God. It's written as if it's before their exile, but it's actually written after exile. It's the second law. It's how they are reflecting on what has happened to them. And they start with the ancient story. My father, my ancestor, my father, Jacob, was a wandering airman. So the first thing you learn in this family of story is very different from some of our stories, which is it is not a story of land. It really is the story of vagabonds, spiritual vagabonds, people who are wondering. They want to settle, and God, in fact, promises them land, but they are, at the core, a pilgrim people. My father was a wandering airman. He went wherever the wells were. You may remember that Jacob was known for digging wells. He went wherever the work was. You may remember he was a little trickster, and that took him into the area of his uncle Labian. My father was a wandering airman. We ended up in Egypt. They tell this story to themselves over and over again so that it shapes who they are. The story, as it is written in Deuteronomy, starts in the first person, ends up in a community story, ends out in a first person story. My father was wandering Aramaic. We went down into Egypt. God blessed me at the end. The story tells us that the story that is our story has to be appropriated to become my story. So back to that family gathering, that uncle, that cousin, that auntie, the one that shames the family and delights the family at the same time, we get to claim them or not. That's my uncle. That's my cousin. That's my brother. Even as you are shuddering at some of their crazy adventures, Jacob was not the best example of human decency many of the times in his life. And yet it is Jacob. And his story that becomes the underpinning of our own story. This first Sunday of Lent, remember that. We don't really have great stories. Not as Christians, not as God-fearing people. We come broken. We come with some scandal in us. Some scandal around us. Some scandal baked into the DNA of our Christian journey. Baked into the DNA of our Christian heritage, of our spiritual heritage, of those who went before us. That, for me, is actually good news because it means that I don't really have to be a good girl. I just have to believe that the story that has shaped me leads me on a journey to God. That's what Deuteronomy, by the way, is all about. They come to this place in the story where they repeat the story so that they can give gifts. And the gifts they give are in 
total gratitude for the scandalous story that they must live. They give gifts knowing that God has brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey, the text says. They give the gifts that they bring knowing that God has provided for them, not that they are so worthy of the gifts. In fact, Jacob was a wandering airman man. He was a vagabond, and really he was a trickster, and not to be trusted. And maybe that's some of our stories. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Please don't. But, uh, but we know what it is to have failed and to have disappointed ourselves and to have disappointed others. Jacob did that. That was a part of the story. And yet God, who is God alone, redeems Jacob, and through Jacob, redeems us down through the line of our spiritual lineage, brings us into a place where we come giving. Now, Lent is that time when we give something up. The good thing for us is this is one of the days in Lent when you can do whatever you want. I know they don't tell you that Sundays are feast days, but they are. This is whatever you promise to give up on Wednesday or Tuesday night after those pancakes. Um, This is the one day, the feast days, when you can say, okay, not today. It's a release day. It seems to me that the spiritual fathers, and I do mean fathers in that word, knew that we wouldn't actually keep a 40-day vigil, that we wouldn't actually keep 40-day feasts. So they told us Sundays are resurrection days all during Lent. So this is the day that if you actually wanted to go back and have a piece of chocolate or whatever it is you gave up for Lent, you could do it. How odd. Except that also is what Deuteronomy is saying to us, that whatever we have given up, God has given us into abundance, given us in abundance. And what God has given us in abundance has been given to us to share. The text says, you yourself were strangers. You yourself were wanderers. You yourself were without a place and without home. Spiritually, well, let me just say, physically, you may not feel your wandering soul. You may not feel like there's no place for you to go. You have a home, you have friends, you have family. And yet spiritually, if we tell the whole truth, If we really stop and think, all of us have a part of that story where we have wandered away from the faith, wandered into foreign places spiritually, wondered what does it mean to actually serve God. Prone to wonder is the Wesleyan song. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Come thou fount. A very blessing, right? We know that feeling of being a wanderer. And yet Deuteronomy invites us to see it as venture and as identity shaping, shaping us into the people of God, both individually and as a community. And because God has given to us, this is a text about first fruits, which is an odd text for the first Sunday in Lent, except, except, It is a call to share out of the abundance of God because we know what it means to experience grace from God. 
We give to the stranger among us. We give to the widow. We give to the orphan. If you read through to verse 15, you would see all of the people that are most vulnerable in the text, that because we have received, we give. So what if for Lent, in this time of the journey, in this time of the temptation, in this time of remembering the suffering of Christ, we also take on gratitude? What if whatever you've given up for Lent, you receive and take on gratitude? And in an effort to take on gratitude, you share your gratitude with those around you by giving. Nah, giving is easy if, I, if you think I only mean money, but I don't. I really mean the kind of giving that shapes us into community. Tell the kinds of stories, the what about and do you remembers, and I can top that is some stories that will bring people into the full presence and grace of God. Amen.